Uh, upload day is Thursday, July 7th, uh, 7722. You're cutting it close. Here we go. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old. Put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we have conversations about current events, pop culture, music, specifically country music. We talk about uh, trends and social media, things already on your radar, plus endearing and revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. My name's Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife. Okay, so we, as, as we've been talking about, we have a new driver in our family. Um, Charlotte, our 16-year-old, got her license probably a month ago. She she was eligible for a license in March, but we had to finish all these you know, that whole drive school thing, that's the thing. So all those lessons and taking the test and she passed on the first time and all that good stuff. So the other night, she, on the 4th of July, she had gone to a friend's house and for the day and she was driving back at night and she was driving from an area that she's not 100% familiar with. And what is 10 miles from the house? Yeah, not far. And out of nowhere, I knew that there were storms coming, but I was hoping we'd get her home kind of before they started. But out of nowhere, I mean, these storms were incredible that came on the 4th of July. I mean, they were super strong, tons of rain, wind, a lot of lightning. And I just started kind of freaking out because I could see she had texted you and I and said she was heading out and I could see her driving. And before she left, she texted me and said, it's not raining here. And I didn't want to keep texting her because she's driving. I didn't want to call her, but I was like, but you're heading into it. So my point was pull over because I can see it on the radar and wait and it will pass and then get back on the road um, because it's dark and it's, you know, tons of rain. And she's, again, just brand new out here on the playing field. And you ultimately said the same thing. And we basically told her to pull over into the Home Depot parking lot and you went and Picked her up. A Swift River Rescue. Yes, yeah, Swift River Rescue. And, you know, I know that there are some people who say they have to learn how to drive in the rain. And there's rain, but then there's, like, a lot of rain. And, again, brand new driver. And so I always tell my kids, it because I think they think that you don't have faith in them. Um, to you, nobody else. No, just in general. So I went and picked her up, and uh, she got in my car, drove her home, and uh, we, we went to McDonald's, got milkshakes. Everything's better with milkshakes. Maybe we should grab one now. Um, and um, she, uh, listen, there, there's a lot of things that, there's a lot of things that, that uh, they have to learn. There's a lot of firsts in that first six months. But these were, I mean, th- these storms were just as red as, as, as my eyes most days on radar. Because they were just, they were severe. And they were just, they would just hover where they were. And a lot of fireworks celebrations were canceled. Um, here in north, on the north side of Atlanta. We're in Alpharetta, Milton, 30 miles north of downtown. On the south side, most of the cities got their fireworks in with a little or very few thunderstorms. But she's a trooper. She did great. I know you had conversations with her about it. I had conversations with her about it. And, you know, one of the things I said to her was chances are at some point in your life, if not more than once, you're going to get in an accident. Most people do. 
Let's hope that it's minor. But when that happens, don't worry about the car. Don't worry about mom and dad. Don't worry about insurance. Worry about yourself. Make sure you are safe. That's all we care about. Try to avoid an accident, of course. But if it happens, if it's your fault, if it's not, don't freak out. Take care of yourself first and let us know what's going on. Yeah, and I think the lesson for them is that they can always call you. And that, and I told her, I said, our job um, as parents is to keep you safe. And, you know, again, we've been talking a lot lately about just, you know, and it, it, I don't think it's gender. I don't, I don't think it's girls or boys, but there's just a certain age where sometimes you're just, it's, it's a struggle with like you trying to tell them, listen, I've been on this earth for so many years. I, I get it. And I think part of it is that they always believe that you don't believe in them. And that's not the case. It's just you're worried about everybody else on the road and what's going on and trying to convince them of that sometimes is difficult. But I think the lesson, and we always told our kids this, is if you're ever riding with someone, if you're ever in a situation where you just don't feel comfortable, you know, you really teach your kids to follow their gut because it tells you so much in life in general. And I think it's great to, to you know, start having your kids. You don't, you don't want to make those decisions for your kids. This isn't somebody you need to hang out with. They need to make those decisions for themselves. But when they do, you need to support them and not roll your eyes and be mad that you have to go out or you have to pick them up or anything. Because if you tell them you're going to do that, then that's what we have to do as parents. And, um, you know, I think they need to know that you're there for them. Even when they get to be 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 30, 40, um, there are people listening to this podcast who are still helping like their kids with their grandkids. So um, it's just an ongoing thing. But man, I was nervous. I tell you, you just, when you have them all over the road like that, it's just, whew, it can be tough, tough. Last episode, Pod Peep, Linda Leon. Donna makes me laugh every single podcast. And I feel like her and I were twins separated at birth. I love that. Because... I get it, and I love her dearly, and I pray for her. And, Thank you. Um, and I and I mean that sincerely because I am a prayer. Yes. And I pray for you, Caddy, but in a different way that I pray for Donna. One more time, Linda. So I pray for you, Caddy, but in a different way that I pray for Donna. What does Linda mean by that? Does she? What is she praying for Donna that, that she's not praying for for Caddy about? I think it's a very legitimate question because I had that question too after the episode. What do you think it is? Well, I don't know because I'm not in Linda's mind, but I think that, uh, you know, people pay, pray for different things for people. Maybe she's praying for your health. Maybe she's praying for your, uh, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what she's praying for me about. I mean, I, who knows? Who knows? But listen, I just appreciate anybody who prays, as we've so. talked about before. I guess so. To have people praying for you is a good thing. I don't know. You should reach out to her I, and you know, ask I thought her. about it. I thought about it. having her on back, you know, having her back on this episode. Just, just hey, Kira, hey, Linda, it's Caddy. Just curious. And thank you for the prayers, of course. But uh, just curious, what uh, what, are you, what what are you praying for Donna about that you're not praying for me about? Just curious. This is Monday morning, 7 a.m., July 5th, the morning after 4th of July fireworks, those that got them in. This is our local CBS morning show on CBS 46, our Atlanta CBS affiliates. You know, good morning, Sunny Peachtree or something. I, I don't know what it is. CBS Atlanta this morning probably would make the most sense. This is them at sign-on. The morning after 4th of July fireworks at 7 a.m. Today, July 5th, and it is the day to get rid of all of your fireworks. Don't keep shooting these off all no, week now. No. This is the last day. If you paid for too many, 
No, last night was your night. But and I, you still I, have and them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry we had storms and stuff rolling through, so you might have not been able to use them. Keep them till next year. We're not doing this all week, okay? We're not doing this all I'm week, okay? Well, that was part of the problem with um, the fourth was that this it was so sunny here. I know people in different places had different things, but it was beautiful all day. And then right when it was time to, you know, basically do the fireworks. I was like, it had been Mother Nature timed it out. Yeah, she was like, hold my beer. So then like all of this stuff came in and like nature's fireworks came in. And so what happened was they went on so long because if you have animals, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Um, and is there anything worse than having a dog with sundowners with fireworks? I mean, because if you just walk around our front door, Sally thinks it's the 4th of July, and she's our 17-year-old coonhound. But it's like, this was really a lot. I remember, okay, so I remember when our kids were little babies, and if you have little, little people and you're trying to keep them on some semblance of a schedule and put them down, you would get so mad on the 4th. Like, you're like, okay, I'm giving it 10 more minutes. And then what I'm, are you going to do? And then I'm going out there. You didn't even know at that time you were pulling a Karen because there weren't that wasn't like in the vernacular of the world. But you're going to pull a Karen or a Ken because you're like, I'm done. Like, what do you say though? You walk up. I'm I'm, I'm the, the the Johnson family, the cul-de-sac. And- hey Jim, it's Donna. Mm-hmm. Um, hey Donna. Listen, I've really enjoyed the fireworks, but they've been going on now for three and a half hours. Are you about at the end? So some 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 passive aggressive. Yeah. And so uh, then answer the question. Um, listen, uh, Karen, we got about three more hours to go. We went all the way to South Carolina to buy these. These are the big ones. These okay. are the big ones, like comedian Jim Brewer. Yeah, no, you don't, Jim. Jokes about you don't have three. The yeah. Big yeah, okay, Jim, you don't have three more hours because, see, here's the deal. I have uh-huh. a newborn baby right. that I'm trying to get to sleep, and I'm going to make you go up there and pull out your teat I'm and done. nurse her all I'm night. Done. I'm done with people sucking on my teats, and I'm done with little babies, Karen, but I appreciate you coming by. Thanks for the offer. Okay, Jim, shove your Roman candle up your ass. Okay. That's right. how you Thanks, do that. Karen. That's you how care. you handle you it. How about you water the flowers on the porch? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Dead on your personality, Karen. Wow. But they went on and continued to go on. Um, Roswell, Georgia, which is a city just south of us, in North Fulton County as well. They have a they have a, a law, Don. Fireworks only on the 4th of July from 10 a.m. to midnight. Now, 10 a.m. seems like a bit of a stretch to me as well. I don't Do we need to be firing, you know, shooting off at 10 a.m. in the morning? And, but you have until midnight. After midnight, you get a ticket from the Roswell PD for, for, for civil disobedience or something. I don't know what the charge is, but, but fireworks after midnight. You're going to jail. I love it. I love it. Don't keep shooting these off all no, week now. No. This is the last day if you pay for too many. No, last night was your night. But and if I, you still I, have and them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry we had storms and stuff rolling through, so you might not have been able to use them. Keep them till next year. We're not doing this all week, okay? We're not doing this all week, okay? Herschel Walker is running for Senate here in the state of Georgia. Uh, he was in his hometown doing a and he's a he's a he's a he's a local football hero too, Donna. He was part he's of He's a national football national hero. National football hero, of uh-huh. course. Herschel Walker is doing the fourth of July parade in his hometown. The car that he's riding in is a hoopty. Okay, what is a hoopty? Explain a this to people. Right there, right there, hoopty. Okay, but how would you explain a hoopty to people? Let's get the proper definition of hoopty. If you don't mind, look that up on your, your phone. I, I don't uh, know that the Google is going to have a hoopty. Uh, Urban Dictionary, I have it for sure. Okay. Um, it breaks down in the middle of the parade route. This is in Wrightsville, Georgia. How, how do you spell hoopty? Uh, hoopty, H O. Okay, here we go. Hoopty car. Thank you. Is it Urban Dictionary? Hoopty is a slang word to describe a car, a truck, or SUV someone owns that is usually well past its best days. Perfect, perfect. Older, beat up, yep, still being all driven. All of that. All of that. Is that Urban Dictionary? His uh, press agent is with him. This is moments after, seconds. Gas was too expensive, and he's a fiscal conservative, unlike his opponent. Don't fret. The people carried him across the finish line like they will this fall. 
because people that are supporters of him ran into the parade route and pushed his car, Donna, to the end of the parade. Well, I would think that since he's Herschel Walker, he'd get out and push his own car because he's so strong. What a beautiful, come on, analogy. I mean, to come up with that, that's quick. It's quick. It's quick. His car went quick, but it was quick. Next episode of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. Are we going to have Herschel Walker on? Herschel Walker is not coming on. No. Um, We'd have to do equal time. Actually, that doesn't apply. In podcasting and radio, if you have a politician on your show, you must promise his opponent or his or her, their opponent or opponent's equal time. Meaning if you have Joe Schmo on for 30 minutes, you have to give uh, Jennifer Saduki 30 minutes, an offer of 30 minutes to come in. She doesn't have to accept it, of course, but you have to offer equal time. The equal time law is what it's called. Next episode, we're going to talk about YouTube. The first video ever posted to YouTube was April 24, 2005. YouTube founder, ah, I had his name, uh, Kareem, I think, last name Kareem. He's 25 years old at the time. And he posts a video in front of two elephants with their, and he was, he was, he was touting and noting their long trunks. Jawed Kareem. What zoo was Jawed at? We're going to let you know the answer to that later in this episode, very in after the credits. Dallas Aquarium, the Dallas Zoo, or the San Diego Zoo? The answer, end of this episode, next episode, uh, we're going to YouTube. Talk about big announcements. Listen, the reality is this. At the end of the day, all things lead to YouTube. And the TikTok and the Gram and all that stuff. But yes, definitely YouTube. YouTube is a lane. The YouTube, I love that. uh, Did I say the I don't know. I love it though. The YouTube. YouTube is a lane. I think that we have um, we've been very very careless about not not embracing, and we're going to start. We're going to begin to do that. Okay. Do you remember? I'm just having this flashback, and we gave Will one. Do you? Re- I believe this was like the first incarnation of like, honestly, like social media and YouTube. Do you remember flip cameras? Yes, and that's all they did was record video, right? But like little tiny again increments, like they were many things, and it was white. It was you little. It in your hand, right? Yes. Had a, had a wrist. Yeah, it's a little wristlet. Wrist tie. And basically, it was like taking a camcorder, your big camcorder, which we all remember too, and your big leather bag, and shrinking it down to the palm of your hand. Because if you think about it at the time, kids, listen in, lean in. Your phone couldn't do what the flip camera did. Is that crazy? Not back then, kids. But think about it. Will was like a little boy. That's how quickly technology has advanced. Amazing. We'll continue to listen. You'll continue to get the podcast where you're listening right now. That's not nothing's going to change. We're just adding a new lane for YouTube, and uh, one episode a week we will be live on YouTube where you can uh, see how how the I don't know that I've the, signed off on how this the sausage is made. I mean, I'm sitting here. Yeah, like, people in a radio studio they asked me for years the former kicks. Can we put cameras in the studio? Let's do a live spin. Hell no, you can't do it. no. I mean, they could have overridden it, but I would not have been comfortable with cameras in a studio. I just would not have been. I, but I think people are fascinated by radio because you're in a radio studio. This is less than impressive. We're in a, we're in a guest bedroom. <laughs> Our 22-year-old son sleeps here when he comes back home to visit. You know? We're in a guest bedroom. There's nothing glamorous about this at all. But I think that uh, radio studio would be certainly different. Um, it's gonna I don't be, even brush my teeth. It's going to be mean, interesting. Like... Well, you're going to have to. You're going to be interesting. But... Uh, was it the National Aquarium, Dallas Zoo, San Diego Zoo? Where I'm sorry, the founder of YouTube. His name Don. Quam. Quam. Are you sure? Um, you just made that up. You just made that up. No, like, I, it's Kareem. It's Kareem, but I, yeah, Kareem Quam. All right, we're gonna announce another way for you to consume the Cadillac Jack My Second Night podcast. The reality is, most everything in life leads back to YouTube today. We're headed there as well. All right.
when I first saw Chelsea Handler on the TV in our keeping room last uh, week before last, I guess, and I was like, mm, wait a minute. What's she doing on? Are we watching E reruns or something from uh, what was the show she had? Chelsea Handler, Chelsea Lately, Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea Lately. Lately. And then I look and I see the the Jimmy Kimmel Live logo, the watermark, and an ABC logo in the bottom right corner. I said, "Wait a minute, she's filling in for, she's filling in for Kimmel." But so, I said to you, "Like, where is he?" And you said, "He takes the well, entire yeah, summer he's off." He's been doing that for a couple of years. Remember, he did it uh, first time a couple of years ago to skirt the story that broke about blackface. Yes, remember. That story broke. I don't know the. I don't remember the legs of it, but but there were legs to it. And so ABC said, "Listen, you need to just take some time off." And he turned it into this basically a summer vacation. And he's continued to do that. And I would feel certain it's written it into his contract by this point. He was on the Man Show, and they went back and found an old bit yes. that he had done in blackface. In blackface, and it was during you know obviously there's never a good time to do that, but it was during the time I think of BLM. So he. Yeah, he kind of took time off just well, to... he skirted it all. Didn't he got a lot of heat for that as well. He did, but he, he made it like... They almost made it like they were kind of forcing him to take time off. But I think it was so he didn't have to, again, deal with anything. A couple things about Chelsea and her filling in for Kimmel. And if you're listening on Upload Day, today is the 7th of July, 7-7. I believe Kimmel returns this Monday. I think that she is raw. I think she's biting. Do not align with her politically with the fiber in my being. You know, but I think that she is very abrasive. She's a comedian. She's supposed to be. Yeah, and see, the way I, it's funny because when I was walking through the um, kitchen or the keeping room the other day, she had someone on. It's the I can't remember the girl's name, but she's in the new Brad Pitt movie, and they were all they were talking about was like drugs, drugs and stuff they'd done, edibles. And, and here's tripping. my thing: I um I love that when I go to see a comedian or I watch it on Netflix because I know what I'm. I don't know how to explain it. I know what I'm in for. I think there's something about me and my age because of watching like Johnny. Uncomfortable. Well, not uncomfortable, like watching Johnny Carson and all those people. I almost feel like late night TV is like, I don't know how to explain it. Like almost sacred ground in a weird way. I I think that it used to be. I agree with that. I think that it used to be. Not so anymore. Like remember like when the president's like, you would have never seen a president. Play a saxophone. Yeah. Um, Arsenio Hall. Exactly. And that kind of broke that mold. So I have nothing against her. And I love her comedy specials. Love it. I, I didn't, I don't necessarily love her hosting because I think hosting a late night show is an art because you're interviewing people. And I think she is trying to always, when you're a comedian, you're always almost, you're not listening to what the person's saying to you, you're almost thinking ahead of, how can I make this funny? How can I turn it back to me? How can I do a bit? I don't know. I'm just, that's just me though. You know what I mean? Well, that's why I did not, one of the reasons, I did not like having comedians on the morning show. And rarely did I ever have comedians on. And if I did, we taped them. I don't recall a single time ever having a comedian on live, with the exception of Ron White or Foxworthy or somebody like that, but someone from the local comedy club. They come in with a shtick. They have a, in, in their mind, they have a morning show visit exactly. folder. They have a folder and they pull it up at 5.30 a.m. when the club owner goes to pick them up at the hotel to drive them to the, the radio station. They pull that file up, morning show, content, and, and they, that's the shtick. They take it to every morning show. And they're trying to work it do. in as much as they Absolutely. can. Absolutely. Try to make it local. Period. If they're yeah. not from here, they try to make it local as best they can. If, if you get in the way of their shtick, it creates huge problems because that's all they came to do. That's all they, that's all they have ready. I think Jimmy does a great, and again, whether you like him or not, I just think he does a great job interviewing. And I think it is a very, you, you are, you are a great interviewer when you it took me long, long time. It took my, almost my entire career to get good at it. Here's why I'm not a good listener. And you know that I would always be thinking ahead, not necessarily for the punch or to be funniest in this, in the room or, you know, in the, during the visit, where am I going to go from here? 
So I would always I wouldn't listen to an artist's answer to a question that I just served up. I would be jumping ahead. I wouldn't listen to the response. And then sometimes you double down, you would say what they just said back to them because you didn't hear it because you weren't listening. This happens on morning shows a lot. Here's here's when you know someone's not listening, when someone's not paying attention, is when one host, one one, you know, morning show host says that was his twenty eighth number one record. Wow, wasn't that a great song? What do you think they're dying? And Diane's been over there doing Sudoku, or, or she's been, you know, scrolling up and down social media. Or, and she says, I do love that song. You know, that was his 20th number one hit. Okay, I've done that before on the podcast. Yeah, well, I do it too. It's, it's natural. But that, that's how you know when someone's not paying attention. Because I just said that, or you just said that. I'm repeating back to you what you just said. I've listened to Howard Stern, too, who's an amazing interviewer. And he'll ask a question, and then he'll just kind of sit there for a minute. And then the other person almost becomes uncomfortable with the silence, the person he's interviewing. So they start just talking. Yapping. And that's when the good stuff comes out. That, and, and listen, premeditated and preplanned. That pause, the awkwardness, some of that's planned because they want you to jump in and fill the dead air. No one yes. likes dead air. TV, radio, in conversation, in live, you know, in real life, no one likes dead air. Yes. And so you jump in to try to cover for the. You try to you know jumpstart some kind of conversation. You don't think about what conversation that's going to be necessarily an awful lot at least because we're talking split seconds here, and you can just throw up. And just that's what talking. the host wants you to do. You know, the great Norm Shrutt, who was your agent at one time, who has since passed away, and he was our general manager at a radio station, he had the best sales advice for me. If you're in sales and you're starting out in your career, even if you're well into your career, this one thing will change your life. And it is, he who talks last mm-hmm. loses. You know, I'm just saying that if you're in sales, if you're in life, he, life yeah. yeah, he who talks last loses. Because sometimes when you're selling, and I've been in sales for over 20-something years, when you're selling something you put it out there and it's got the price and the rate and everything. And then you're almost feeling like, oh, because the person's just sort of staring at you and you're like, I think it's too much. I think it's too, you're like, but now we can like discount right, right, or we right, could do that. Right, 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 and he right. was like, We're you just need to fill the dead air. Yeah. And he said, just sit with it. Yeah. And just look at him. Just stare him down. Gaze staringly, lovingly into their eyes. Well, I don't know about lovingly, but yeah. Or you could do what one client did to me one time, which is anytime I would go to pitch this particular client's annual, which is like a yearly buy, a yearly commitment. radio buy, he would turn the heat in his office, up to 83 to degrees. And bring a red Sharpie, right? Because, yes, because it, he would make it so uncomfortable that you were just like, I don't care, just whatever. This is a million-dollar client. Million-dollar client. And I'll never forget, Impulse. I had a, a boss one time that came with me, and I warned him, and he was like, oh, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. He literally was sitting, and he was big, hairy man. He was sitting with no shirt on at the end of it. He's like, I'm not, because they were like going back and forth on price, and he's like, yeah, I'm not leaving. Yeah. You're not going to literally yeah. smoke me out. So he was sitting with his top I off. I love it, I love it. The first night Chelsea uh, subbed for Kimmel was the first night that talk shows, you know, late night talk shows were live after the SCOTUS decision to reverse Roe versus Wade. That uh, reversal from SCOTUS was Friday, June 22nd. So Chelsea's first night was Monday night, the 25th. Compare and contrast here. Jimmy Fallon first. Everyone is talking about the Supreme Court after they made some pretty major decisions over the last few days. And uh, let me just uh, sum it up for you. They basically said, whether it's a gun or a baby, you're carrying something. Uh, So, listen, he and Chelsea were the only two of all the late night talk show hosts who even touched it. Here is Chelsea. First, she, she sets it up with a clip. This is Kevin McCarthy, who was the minority leader on a press conference earlier in the day. If you were speaker and House Republicans win the majority, what are some of the abortion bills that you would put on the floor? Well, first and foremost, I believe in saving every life possible. We will continue to look wherever we can go 
to save as many lives as possible. Just as long as that life doesn't need baby formula, affordable health care, or a place to learn without getting shot. By the way, Kevin McCarthy, since you mention it, let's talk about what it means to be pro-life. Universal health care, that's pro-life. Restricting guns, that's also pro-life. Fighting climate change, that's also pro-life. Listening to doctors during a pandemic, also pro-life. But your party opposes all of those things. Calling Republicans pro-life is like calling O.J. Simpson pro-wife. Mm. She brought perspective. She brought everything that a late-night network talk show host producer wants in a host. Jimmy Fallon has the best joke, yes, in the truest sense of the word. But what a you know, very tough subject. You, you can't joke about something like that. I think... I will also say I think that there are, I don't know, I, I would imagine there are a lot of men, and maybe women, but a lot of men who turned on Jimmy Fallon and saw that she was hosting. And I'm not even talking about on that night. And we're just like, and, and tuned out. hard pass. I, I would agree with that. I agree hard with pass. That. I agree with it. Because there are a lot of men who do not like really vocal. strong, yeah. vocal females. And they there's not a lot that those women can say to even have someone like you say, hey, you know, I don't agree with her, but that's a great point because it's just, they, they're not even, yeah, She's exactly. Loud. They're not going to give them a chance. I love it. She's loud though. Kelsey Ballerini was on that Monday night as well. And that was her, this is her first late night talk show visit. I didn't know that. Hard to believe. She and Kelsey turns out, or she and Chelsea rather, are pretty good friends. And they talk about that as, as she sits down, Kelsey Ballerini, and um, she then has Guillermo roll out a beverage cart. Our hangs have always involved alcohol. Margarita. Alcohol. Um, so I, I, I planned a little something, something. Do we have? Do we have them? Oh. Here comes Kim. To, to take the edge off. I love that. Thank you so much. Hi, Thank Guillermo. You. Hi. How are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank you. Is that a margarita? It looks like orange juice. No, it is a margarita. Okay. Well, I'll check I was, to make sure. Right. What, what did you in that in that 14 second clip? Did you flag anything? Chelsea and Guillermo had never met until he walked out onto the stage with the beverage cart and the margaritas. Hi, Guillermo. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank you. Right, is that not odd? They tape at 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock Eastern in the afternoon? and Well, maybe they didn't mean literally nice okay. to meet. but I'm like overthinking it, I guess. But like they hadn't worked together before. So I don't okay. know. Was that her first night? Yes. Yes, so, that was her first night. Yeah, so maybe. I don't know. Okay. You know, in a lot of late night hosts and hosts in general, I was wondering if you ever had anything like this, like have these kind, not rules, but like things that they do where like um, they, you know, like I know Ellen goes to see her guests before they come on um, and just say hello. Letterman never did. Letterman never did. He wanted the conversation to be ice cold and the studio. Um, when you came out to where, because I think. Made you, made you pay attention. Yeah, because and you've said so this before too, like a lot, if you do too much pre-chatter, it loses the spontaneity yeah. when it begins. And you've lost some stuff. I you've already rule. told the story. I and it wasn't a rule. I don't like that word. I had, I, had, I had an ask of a producer or an intern or someone in the room or myself even. Roll tape before the door even opens and they walk in. The best audio you're going to get, the best uh, back and forth you're going to get is when they walk in. And the, it's the... Uh, and, and if you had a relationship with them, and I think it's fair to say most of them I did, then it was genuine. It was, hey, man, how are you? You know, good to see you. Thanks for coming in. You hear, you know, pats on the back and high fives and all that kind You've of stuff. You've lost weight. You've gained Whatever. Yeah, what, it's whatever. very personal. I mean, how's the baby doing? Yeah. That's when they are, um, their, their guard's not up. Not that their guard will be up coming in to do our show by any, you know, we weren't that kind of show, but um, that's the best audio you're going to get. That, that stuff you want for promos. That stuff you want for, because it shows there's a, what, a relationship. I have a relationship with this artist. If an artist walks in the studio door and says, oh my gosh, how's Donna doing? 
you know, and they call you by name or, or you know, man, I, somebody, you know, somebody told me Will's, you know, living in Knoxville now. That's, that's very personal stuff, and it shows that you have a relationship with an artist. You're going to chop that shit up and play it in promos for months, if not years. Well, and I always knew, like with yours, you always knew people. I mean, and you had been in radio for so long that everyone knew you. You had interviewed everyone. But people always called you Caddy. Right. If anybody came in and called you Cadillac, then they were either a new artist or, you know, they didn't know you very well. But right, right. everybody called you Caddy. I would, I would have always gone the David Letterman route. And that's telling them I said hi, you know, and uh, see him in a little bit. Because it's, it's, it's real. It's genuine. You're not going to be able to recreate that moment. That they yeah. walk in the studio door or walk in, you know, walk onto your stage as a late night talk show host. Ask for Donna leads a small business, family owned small business, as a very strong independent female, independent strong woman in Gainesville, Georgia. Her daddy, her diddy, the Wolfman, legendary personality, legendary look, legendary uh, 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 tone. Legend. Larger than life personality. All of that. And he was first a husband, second, very close second, a great dad. And third, very close third. 2B would be a very, very smart businessman who over 40 years ago saw an opportunity in the furniture business and he took it. Wolfman's a lawyer. Wolfman's a, a veteran of the, uh, was, is, is, not was, is a veteran of the, you know, he served in the, he served you in the U.S. military. He was an attorney, but he saw an opportunity. He took it to provide better for his family. And he did when he established, first of all, it's Wolfman, uh, Wolfman Direct, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it, then, then it became Gallery Furniture. Same location that uh, they started in 40 years ago, they're still at today. Yeah, I mean, and it's not easy. If you own a business, um, if you own a family business, you understand that it is not easy to keep a family business running successfully for that many years. It is a lot. And sometimes, you know, like if you have a family business and you're going to pass it down to your kids and they're like, you know what? I love you, dad, but I don't want to own a muffler shop or I don't want to own a furniture business. Donna did. And I think she felt a great torch to kind of carry on not only the business, but what the business meant to Gainesville, Georgia and to our community. So, um, I think that it's really important. Again, we talk about it all the time. Shop with businesses where your your impact not only has an impact on, you know, putting food on the table of the people that own the business, but also on the community. And when you spend money with Gallery Furniture, you are literally giving to your local community because she does give to the fire department. She does give to rescue. She gives to police. She gives to schools. She invests in this community that they have been in. And it's very easy sometimes, you know, you have these big box retailers who come in and they're in every corner of the world that you're listening to this podcast, but they're not spending any money in those communities. They get tax breaks. They get, listen, they get the best of the best. But this this particular business spends money and invest in the local community. And why would you not give someone like that a chance to earn your business? You know, why would you just go online and, and shop and get, you know, cruddy furniture that we've said that you're going to have to put together and figure out instead of spending with someone who really and genuinely cares that you're happy, that you're satisfied. If for whatever reason you're not, she's going to make it right. You're not going to have to sit on a phone call to Jodhpur to try to figure Wait, out. So is, that, is that a man or is that a country? That's a country. To try to get someone to to help you out and to give you a refund, you Where know. Where does he live? At Fritch, India. Great follow on Instagram at Gallery Furniture G A Gallery Furniture Gainesville. There's 2511 Roosevelt Highway in College Park and 1600 Browns Bridge Road in Gainesville. Ask for Donna. 
Gallery Furniture delivers to you the letter every Saturday morning at 910. It's a component of the podcast and the radio show, The Afternoon Ride with Cadillac Jack, 3 to 7 Eastern weekdays, the Bear 92.5. Simple search in the Apple App Store or Google Play for the free app, Bear 925, and you can listen and join me from wherever you, uh, wherever you live. And you enjoy the Cadillac Check My Second Act podcast. The Bear 925 is the search. Dirk Smitley and L. King. Oh, this is going to be such a big song. Such a big song. You know, they love working together. They um, obviously, you know, she worked with Miranda Lambert, but she's done a couple of songs with the Dirks, and they just work really well together. This is a great song. It's called Worth a Shot. Um, and it's about like, you know, when two people like uh, you're contemplating like getting back together, like you, your relationship's gone kind of south. And so you're going to have a couple of adult beverages and just see what happens. And see I love it. Shot. Yeah, I love it. It's written by three of my absolute favorite songwriters, Shane McAnally, who I talk about all the time, Josh Osborne and Ross Copperman, who is an amazing songwriter. I mean, that's like that's like the triple crown to write a song for you. So when you get those three, you better damn believe it's going to be a hit. So um, this is a great song. Great song. Worth a shot. Season three is where you'll find it. Caddy and Donna Hype songs on Spotify. Okay, what about you? Uh, I'm going to add two. You know, I had this thought. We're, we're, we're a podcast in our, our primary category is music. I'm going to add two. It's a, the first one is a Morgan Wilder song. I had no idea it existed. You know, he released a lot of songs before he got his deal with, with Big Loud and before Dangerous came out and has been in the top 10 for 70-some weeks right now. A song called You Proof. I don't have a hook. Oh, on. it's good. I just, I think I found it. I was listening to Morgan Wallen and Morgan Wallen yeah, channel on Spotify. Yeah, that's so good. Over the weekend, and it rolled up, and I was like, oh my gosh. I listened to it 10 times, I bet. Yeah, really good. So uh, some new Morgan Wallen, not new, not new at all, but some, some Morgan Wallen I just discovered that I think you would enjoy if, if you've not already discovered it. You Proof. Also going to add, and, and I know last episode, I think it was, you, you added Peter Pan from Kelsey Ballerini. I'm going to add her brand new song. Brand new song. And Kelsey's going, going to, to, you're going to hear her tell you about it and explain her thinking behind not only including the song on her new album, but why it is the first release. And this is a conversation we're going to go back to Chelsea Handler filling in for Jimmy Kimmel on The Tonight Show. First of all, congratulations on your new single, you. Heart First. Thank you. Did you, did you write that yourself? Yes. I, I started writing songs when I was 12. It's always, it's like songwriter than artist for me. Um, but I, I, first single off the next record is always kind of, I'm particular about it because I wanted to set the tone. And so I was really heavily influenced the last few years by like just going back to 90s music, the music I grew up on, whether it's Shania or Sheryl Crow or whatever. And so I wanted this to feel breezy and warm and inviting and with a little 90s flair. So it feels like the first step into the new situation, the new era. Oh, sexy. I like that. Now, do you write with your husband? Because he's a country music star as well. He is. We don't. You know, because we do the same thing all the time, so we already bring it home. Imagine, like, then coming home and you're like, hey, 
like this hook? You want to write it? It's just too much. Do you and Joe Coy do that? Do you uh, write well, jokes that's together? Husband, I think. Well, sometimes we'll help each other with Kelsey jokes, but like, yeah, we're definitely not coming home like trying to yuck it up, you know? Yeah. Like, if he's trying to be funny, I'm like, I've had enough funny today. Back yeah. off. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how I feel. But, but your boyfriend, I'm sorry, your husband. Yes. I keep saying boyfriend because I was so upset you were getting married so young, but it seems to be working out. <laughs> I, I thought she did great. Her first network, late night network TV appearance. When were they like met? I don't know because Chelsea has to be a lot whole older than Kelsey, right? Yeah. Like, Interesting. By, by decades. You think. That I song, know. I love it, but that does not feel like a country song. Oh, it's not a country song at all. Yeah. It's very popish, very LA. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Kelsey Ballerini, Morgan Wallen, Dirk Spindley, and L. King all go to the Caddy and Don Hype Song Spotify playlist. What was the first video posted to YouTube? It was by the YouTube founder and his name, Donna. Serve it up again for us. Okay, let's see. Let me get this straight. Um, okay, YouTube founder. It's time for you to clog. Hold on. Mm, you don't want that. Can you clog? I cannot. Can you get your knee up? I cannot. Um, Barely tie my shoes. Okay, it's Jawed, which sounds like a, um, it's J-W- a Star Wars character. J- Y-A-W-E-D, right? J-A-W-E-D. Okay. Jawed Kareem. It was April 24th, 2005 at 8.31 p.m., Pacific time. The video features the founder of YouTube in front of two elephants at the zoo, and he's noting their long trunks. All right, so here we are in front of the uh, elephants. Um, cool thing about these guys is that they have really. All right, so here we are in front of the uh, elephants. Um, cool thing about these guys is that they have really. Really, really long. Um, it, it sounds to me as if he didn't know going into the zoo that elephants had very long necks, right? Or trunks, right? He seemed surprised by that. Yeah, I just, this, it's not real. Com- that wouldn't be like a compelling thing for, like, if he brought that in He'd and he was like, here's, here, let me give you a little clip of this, How this new channel and what it's going to be it? amazing and everything. I'd be like, I don't know. The video, where's I'm it going to San Diego. San Diego Zoo. Next episode, we announce another way for you to consume the Cadillac Jack My Second. Wait, was that podcast. true? Yes, that's true. Oh, good. Well, it wouldn't have been the Dallas Aquarium, right? No. So he had a 50-50 shot at it. And he did very well. Did quite Thank well, you. As you always do. Yes, Don? Well, when, when are we going hot with that, just so I know? About a, a little over a month. We'll so I'll have time to get my blowouts going. All of that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, book your appointments to get everything done. Yeah. And uh, what you want to see, what uh, in your area, you know, where you are. like what, what My what, area? What special, well, what, not, I don't mean, where your microphone is. Your uh, area, well, I mean, like, the, if people could see it right now. In the guest bedroom. Yeah, they'd be shocked at, like, the professionalism that we've got going here. A little over 30, 30 to 45 days is the potential launch that's, that's what we're targeting right now what would you say my uh, microphone sits on um it's a roddy waters autograph falcons football in a an autograph football a, a case. acrylic case yeah, yes yeah. there's a how, what's the book and so then that is held up by a tractor book this what three inches thick yep and then that sits like per- a coffee table book correct and then that sits precariously on Very precariously like a blue cube ottoman cube that you would put uh, toys in yep and then that Three, we're not done like we're not done. That's flipped on its side, and it sits precariously on a leather um, stool. Uh, well, another ottoman. High, high back. Chair. Chair from our bar downstairs. Which kills my rear end and legs. Welcome. It's going to be fun. I mean, it's this is fun. going to be compelling. On YouTube. We'll talk uh, all about it coming up next episode. Cadillac Jack, my second act audio for this episode. From Kelsey Ballerini and Black River Entertainment, Dirk Spindley and L. King, Capitol Records, EMI Nashville, Jimmy Fallon, and The Tonight Show on NBC, Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel Live on ABC, TMZ, E! Entertainment Television, and NBC Universal, CBS Atlanta, and Great Television. Our thanks to executive producers Hans Appen and Carl Appen. 
production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Yeah.